0: People usually think that when you go to a community college, you know, you might not be as smart or you might not have as many opportunities as you would with a bigger school. But um, from my experience, being in a community college, it gave me more opportunities. I think we have some pretty serious social problems in the U.S. and that only more accessible education, local and global collaborations can achieve. And I find that community colleges today are at the epicenter of all of these things and they deserve a more prominent place in our society and certainly in public opinion.
1: As a company is looking at siting an operation in our community, the ability for the community to be able to respond with speed to what their needs are is is critically important. I think community colleges have demonstrated that swiftness, that fleetness of foot in many cases, where you can develop a program that might be supportive of that particular sector.
2: Community College gives you a fresh start. It helps you build yourself into the person that you want to become in order to become the person that you want to be like, it's, it's, it's great.
3: Welcome to the Hashtag End CC Stigma podcast project. I'm Steve Robinson, president of Owens Community College in Ohio. And this is episode two of our podcast dedicated to ending the unfair stigma placed on America's community colleges. This is a four part series of podcasts that is designed to amplify the voices of people from across the country who are using social media to create a more accurate view of community college and technical careers. On today's episode, we hear from a number of community college staff and administrators and community college students, as well as researchers and economic development leaders. Guests on this episode include Desiree Polk-Bland, Marina Moore, Melanie Hammer, Malik Burrell, Katie Giardello, Hannah Bean, Doug Ponsler, and Saray Peterson. We begin the episode with my conversation with Desiree Polk-Bland. If you've been listening from the beginning, you will remember Desiree from the montage of voices that began episode one. I spoke with her on the telephone one evening early in the campaign. I am delighted to be joined by Desiree Polk-Bland, who is the executive dean of student affairs at Columbus State Community College here in Ohio. How are you, Desiree?
4: I'm doing well tonight, Steve. How are you?
3: I'm great. I'm great. I'm so glad that I get to talk to you today, and uh, I'm really happy to have connected with you on Twitter. This social media campaign to push back against stigma against community colleges has resonated with a lot of people. Um, What's your connection to it? Why does this matter to you?
4: So Columbus State is uh, my my fourth institution of higher education and my third community college mm-hmm. and so um, in my professional uh, background, community colleges have just really spoken to me because of the open access nature and the fact that we give students an opportunity to really become who they are becoming um, from wherever they start so I think it resonated with me because this concept of community colleges somehow not being good enough is just, it is a stigma and we do need to get rid of it and really highlight all of the good that community colleges do and all of the populations that we serve. And so if we can get that message out, as opposed to somehow this lesser than message, I think we do a better service to all of our students and in the process, we we boost the economy um, because students are getting more training and able to compete in a job market. I mean, it's just I have strong feelings about my work in a community college.
3: I am nodding so vigorously that I think you could hear it through the microphone. That is wonderful. <laughs> and so, and I couldn't agree more. So I'm delighted to add your voice to this great conversation because you said that so eloquently. So this, this stigma though, the lesser than that you talk about, do you have an anecdote or an example where you've encountered this in your work?
4: So, you know, in, in my work, you know, we we've, when we recruit, you know, when we go into high schools or we work with adults, there is this sense somehow that um, coming to a community college will disadvantage some some students, especially students who want to go into um professional programs mm-hmm. and because students have said to me, well, I was told by this four-year institution that if I got this course from a community college, it might hurt my chances of getting into this professional program. I mean, that that's not true.
3: No no <laughs> it, it is not it is not right
4: It is not true. But that sense is still out there. So that stigma of somehow, you know, this belief that it's lesser than still still exists. So to get the message out to students that um, our, our courses absolutely do transfer to four-year institutions, we can help you uh, map out the courses that do transfer and transfer into the programs that you want to get into. Um, so those are, like, in action, I've had that really told to me by students, that they were told by some sort source that if the courses were from a community college, that it would somehow impact their chances of getting into a program or impact the transferability of the courses into a program. That's how I've seen it in action and trying to eliminate that message um, and, and trying to really build up the comfort level in students and their parents that that is not, that's not a true statement and to show them how we do transfer and articulate to other institutions.
3: You know, it's fascinating listening to you talk. It's clear that a piece of information, a little nugget of uh, of misinformation, we'll call it. it, it's such lore, right? I mean, it's it, it, it it's not written down anywhere. Um, you know, folks listening to the podcast who are from higher ed will get a chuckle of another piece of lore. It's like it's like that uh, that oral rule that a lot of campuses have. Well, if the professor is fifteen minutes late, you don't have to stay. Right. Right. It's, it's, <laughs> right, it's, it's exactly. not written down. But it's passed. It's passed on unknowingly. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. a that's a great example. So, um, Desiree, you have worked at uh, a number of higher ed institutions, both community colleges and not uh, community colleges. What mm-hmm. makes you proud to work at a community college?
4: So it's really about the mission and the students. So to work for. an open access institution that really wraps its support around helping students succeed is so powerful for me. And and community colleges to me are really at the core of um, understanding true equity. And I think it's really important where I spend my time um, and, and where I put in my efforts and energy to sort of continue that, that, the equity message for me. So the mission of community colleges really is to serve your community, to figure out what programs are needed in that community to enhance the job market, to allow access to those programs, to all students and to support them through the process. Um, So when I start thinking about, you know, why I do the work that I do, why I'm proud of the work I do, I know that we impact lives, you know, and we, Students come to the community college, come to college in general, because they want better lives, and I know that we provide them the support to help them achieve their goals, and that's why I have pride in working for a community college.
3: I love that. All right. I'm, I was, I've been, again, I'm vigorously nodding my head. I I. I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I almost interrupted you to ask some follow-up questions, but, but you mm-hmm. just hit all those great points. Uh, I guess I do have one follow-up question. That mm-hmm. is, uh, you returned to this very important issue of equity. So how, uh, as a follow-up, how are community colleges um, better or best positioned to handle an equity agenda for students?
4: So for me, from the equity lens, it's about, it's, it's beyond access to opportunities. Right. So when we talk about, it's not about, you know, equal access to opportunities. It's about what support does a particular population of students need and where can they get that support? Where can we put our time and and resources and energy in supporting groups to achieve their goals? From a community college standpoint, the fact that we don't have, you know, there are um, test requirements for entry into. And so if you happen to be um, from an under-resourced school, Mm -hmm. high school, or an under-resourced environment, and you may not perform well on a particular test, which would just really make it impossible for you to attend some institutions that have requirements – when we say we open the door and we're going to support you and build up your skill set so that we will get you to that four-year four institution or we will get you into that, that job market, um, that's what I mean by by equity. It's really of providing beyond just an opportunity. It is getting the actually holistic support around the student to get them to the next level. It's building confidence. It is working in in, in spaces where you are working with um, even other student, the the student supporters, like sometimes a student won't make a decision about going to college because it's just not something that their family thinks about. So when you start working with families to say this is an opportunity for you, college is for you, this building your skill set and obtaining this credential is for you, and you do that for all, and then you support those, the populations the obtaining those credentials. To me, that's where we really hit on the equity piece of making sure that all populations have access and the proper amounts of support to be successful.
3: And I couldn't agree more. And I think we are best positioned to respond in that way. So that was so, so well put. So in your role. I am sure you're in this situation I'm going to describe to you uh, on a fairly regular basis, but if you had an assembled group of people who you had the opportunity to kind of deliver our value proposition, to make your best case about why community colleges are a valuable asset and, and should not be subjected to the stigma that they have, what would you tell that group?
4: Honestly, I'd say that, you know, community colleges are probably better positioned than any institution, higher education institution, to change um, people's situations, to change a community, to change the economics of a community. Um, community colleges are positioned to do that because we are responsive to the community needs. So when you look at our degree programs, when you look at our relationships with um, high schools, our relationships with employers, our relationship with social service agencies, these relationships make it possible for our students to be successful. And once our students are successful, they change the economy of the community. And so community colleges are the best position because we do allow, it's an open access institution. Everyone who wants to participate in this, we will find ways and avenues to support them, to build in holistic supports to allow them to be successful and to grow and to transition into whatever that four-year institution might be or into the workplace where they're growing the economy. So we are the college for the community. And we support our communities in various ways, so my pitch around you know this ending this stigma is community colleges are sort of the future of education and where we're going uh, as a, as a country, and we will continue to grow and develop and be able to be responsive to um the future of of education the future of work.
3: Well, we need to put you in front of lots of groups, so you can say exactly that that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Desiree, I appreciate you taking some time to talk to me. This has been fantastic. It's been great to connect with you on Twitter. And uh, thanks for all that you're doing on uh, trying to get a more accurate view about community colleges out there in the public sphere.
4: Yeah, well, Steve, thank you very much for coming up with that hashtag because it does resonate with a lot of people. So it was great to connect via Twitter, and I appreciate your efforts on this.
3: Yeah, we'll just keep it going. Thank you so much, Desiree. Thank you. I'm really happy to be talking to Marina Moore, who's a business administration major and a community college student. Thanks for talking to me, Marina. Thank you. So what what do you like about being a community college student?
5: Um, I like the fact that it gave me a chance to grow. Uh, without this opportunity, I, I don't know what I would do. I'm just thankful. The teachers are great. There's a lot of resources. And Everybody go like moves at a different pace, you know. Mm-hmm. For me, I got to learn more about myself and grow and playing basketball at the same time and school, you know, it was hard, but like I got the hang of it with all the people around me helping. It's a lot of support.
3: And so you prove to yourself that you can do it. Exactly. That is so cool. So have you heard anybody say anything negative about community colleges, like putting them down, being you know, saying bad things?
5: I think the thing about like what most people say is they just think like people that go to community colleges are dumb, really Yeah, like they're slow like they can't learn at, like a faster pace, but I don't I don't think it's about that. I think it's just the person individually like doing what they have to do to make it.
3: Yeah, well, I couldn't agree more, and that couldn't be any more wrong. Like,
5: you know? you, like there's a bunch of people that may not get, like, the best grades, but they might not try hard enough. There's people that, like, they might be smart and they could do everything, but they just choose not to do it. Right. You know?
3: Right. So if you had a group of people gathered around who were thinking about going to college, what would you say to them about attending a community college?
5: I'd say go for it. I'd just say go for it. You can't really go wrong.
3: There you have it. Marina, thank you for talking to me. Thank you. Okay, next, I'm very happy to be talking to Melanie Hammer, who is at Nassau Community College in Long Island in New York. And in addition to being Dean of Arts and Humanities, she's also Dev Ed Writing Faculty, which is something she and I have in common. Melanie, how are you doing tonight?
6: doing great thank you and how are
3: you? I'm great you just got out of class I'm so jealous so you spent the evening with some basic writing students um, and that's great. What is it about this social media campaign about community college stigma that resonated with you?
6: Well this might sound kind of funny but I think the timing is perfect. Um, There was that scandal recently it's really current about the parents cheating their children's way into these fancy schools. Mm-hmm. And I got my, um, I just got so irritated, because first of all, as we all know, it's not an even, even playing field in K-12. Different districts have more resources than others. Mm-hmm. So my first reaction was, it's not enough that you have money and you can send your children to really good schools and get them SAT tutors. You have to cheat their way into school. And she's their way into what they think of these parents as good schools. And it just got me thinking about how meaningless a lot of this is in terms of, well, you have to go to a four-year school, you have to go to a name school, when um, so many, many, many people started a community college, and you can go on and do anything.
3: Right, and we see a lot of great research coming out about fit and engagement and excellent teaching being the real determinants of success in college. And it sounds like you've had a, you know, a career in the community college. How, how long have you been um, working in community college?
6: 33 years, and proud of it.
3: Fantastic, thirty-three. That's a good number. I'm a I'm a vinyl record fanatic, so thirty-three and a third is is a great number. <laughs> so, you know, do you have an example of this stigma in action? I mean, there's one you plucked from the headlines, right, with the with the college college admissions scandals. But have you have you seen it, you know, up close and personal in a way that that kind of demonstrates what that stigma is all about?
6: Locally, certainly, and I suspect this is true for a lot of community colleges, the whole 13th grade idea, and there's also the idea that um, I think because Nassau offers developmental ed for students who are underprepared, there's some sense that um, it's as if people don't know that we also have an honors program that we also have amazing professors. I mean, one of the things that, one of many things that's great about Nassau is, um, we have a a theater department, a music department, a dance department, a fine arts department, and you can get an amazing arts education from local practitioners at a fraction of what you would pay and it's for the community, like the community has access to things they would, might not otherwise
3: have access to. Well, yeah, and I, I want to ask you a follow-up question about that because, you know, in your community, the, it sounds like if you have arts programs, if you have uh, programs for high-achieving students like honors programs, how, how aware is your local community about that aspect of your institution?
6: I think, I have to say, I don't think we've done the best job with outreach, Mm -hmm. Um, I think that people don't – I think the community sees us as um, kind of a a last chance, really. Okay. And um, fewer and fewer people understand. A generation ago, um, we were really um, seen as a two-year transfer institution, and um, I think people don't understand – Or, or less aware of what that transfer
3: journey, how positive that transfer journey can be. Right, right, and and you know, uh, even when there's great data, right, we know that nationally, our students, our transfer students, they graduate at higher rates, they graduate with higher GPAs, but sometimes that doesn't just break through people's consciousness. So you've spent you've spent a great career in community college. What what makes you proud to teach and lead at at a community college?
6: I'm such a believer in the community college mission. It's just what I was. It's actually partly what I was saying to my students today. Um, one of my students, was, this class I have tonight. I mean, they're a really good class, and of course they are because they're returning adults. They mostly worked all day and then they came to class and they make me be a better teacher because they brought their tired selves and I have to bring my best self. But one of my students was saying today um, that he wasn't the kind of student he is today in high school. And I said, of course you weren't because you wouldn't be in this class. And I said, there's a number of ways students end up in this class. They are returning adults and they forgot what they learned. They had a really good time in high school and they never learned what they should have learned. Or lots of times people had things going on. And what I, what I say about Nassau and any other community college is you weren't ready when you were 18. That's fine. You're ready now. We're here for you. We're, we're ready. Um, I have adult students say, oh, well, I'm, I, I start, I'm starting this so late. No, they're not. They're starting it after they worked and after they raised children and after they had other things they needed to take care of. I always say, look, it's not a race. You, you do things in the order in your life when you're ready to do them, and you're doing them now. Like, you're perfectly on time for you. And I, that's hugely important. No, but I don't think any other country has a community college system. I think every place else, if you miss the boat, if you weren't ready to go to college at 18, your your chances of being able to come back and do it are limited. And I think it's part of what there are, there are many flaws in the American education system, but the community college system is not one of
3: them. I couldn't agree more. And you're, you're talking about that uh, conversation makes me so nostalgic for basic writing, developmental Writing It sounds like you are delivering such an important message for those students that, you know, when they do progress in their fields of study, you've made a big difference in helping them reframe and feel like they, that they belong at Nassau. And that's really
6: important. In fact, part of the conversation we had tonight was that um, conversation you sometimes have with students where the question is, do you believe that intelligence is fixed or malleable and oddly they all said it was changeable none of them had an idea that it was fixed even in math which is for some of them there were a subject so we had this great conversation about um, what it means to be smart because they because they are all ready to the night, she probably spoke for a minute and a half about something she felt passionate about, and when she was done, the rest of the class applauded. They are so ready to contribute their ideas, to listen to the ideas of others, to, be, to embrace what we think of as you know, the academic life, and they weren't sure what it was going to be like when they walked in the door, but now they know they belong there.
3: I love it. it sounds like, you know, it's funny, you know, we are just catching up with them in growth mindset. Your students knew it. They came in knowing that. Yep. That's fantastic. Hey, Melanie, I have a uh, one last question for you. If you had a, a, a group of people gathered around who knew you taught and worked at a community college and were ready to hear your best argument about why our institutions matter, um, what would you tell them?
6: I would tell them, the group of people from, from the community, I would say to them, um, ask your places of work how many people went to Nassau. Ask in your neighborhood how many people went to Nassau, how many, children, how many of their children went to Nassau. We have been an integral part of the county since we opened, and we have helped tens of thousands of people in the community <laughs> achieve their goals.
3: Yeah, that, I'm, it, that, that, I love it. That's in, And then you can just, you know, drop the mic and you're done, right? I mean, you've been making an impact in your community. I just had a similar experience. The meeting I just came from was our alumni association. And I said, you know what I'm telling alumni now? Put your community college experience on your resume. Yep. Put it there. People should
6: be, if they started
3: asking, they
6: would realize that people would be saying, I went to Nassau, I went to Nassau, um... They don't realize that the fabric of the community is woven through with people who started at National
3: Community College. That's I mean, fair. I
6: don't know if this. I don't know if you follow if this is where if you if I saw you on Twitter here or where, but I follow this guy Yasha, Yashar Ali on mm-hmm. Twitter. Yeah, he made this great
3: series of tweets. Yeah.
6: Right. He asked people to tweet back if they went to a community college. Cherise Davids tweeted in that she went to Johnson County Community. People tweeted, I I didn't know what to do after high school. I I came to community college. I'm a lawyer. I'm a doctor. I'm a nurse. I'm so happy. I I got what I wanted. People tweeted back, "Um, I went to work after high school. I came back when I was an adult. My community college was there for me. I'm a teacher. I'm a musician. I'm, you know, I'm a history teacher. People got everything they needed from the community college start. Uh,
3: and that's and that's what we're all about. We want to make sure that people hear that and know that, and kind of reframe the way people think about it. So, Melly, thank you so much for spending some time talking to me. This is a fun conversation.
6: Thank you. I, this is great.
3: Well, I'm really fortunate to be talking to Malik Burrell. Malik, how you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself, Steve? I'm oh, great. I'm great. So you are a community college student. What are you studying? I'm a
7: communications major. Uh-huh. Communications. Yes. I want to um, get a job in a broadcast or communications field since they both go hand in hand.
3: Yeah. Well, you're you're doing great with this microphone. you got a great uh, communications voice. So that's good. Thanks. I get that a lot, though.
7: You do? People <laughs> tell you that? Yeah. So I heard it throughout my life growing up, so... That's was
3: that. That was like okay. Well, you just gotta you know uh, um, you know go with the, your talents, and you have some good talents. So, your what do you like about being a community college student, Malik? Uh, what I like about it, like okay going into college, um, I
7: didn't know what to expect because this was all new territory for me.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: Um, I didn't start right after I graduated high school. I took a year off after I graduated high school to figure out if I if I still wanted to be a communication major, so just took like that year, i was just to figure out out. That's where I wouldn't really want to do that. Mm-hmm. Came here. Then at first it took me a little while to get the hang of it. Cause I didn't know like where everything was that first stuff. But after a while I got the hang of it. Um, I met some really cool people throughout my time here. Um, so yeah, overall I, I like the experience though. Like interacting with different people, um, the different styles of how teachers teach mm-hmm. in the classes. So, very, it's very diverse here. So that's what that's
3: one thing I really like is really diverse here on campus. That's fantastic. Now, before you came to community college, had you heard anything negative or bad about community colleges?
7: And no, not really. I, I didn't. I didn't even here. I didn't even know there was community colleges. Really? Really? Yeah, I knew there was universities, mm-hmm. but
3: I didn't really know there. W- I didn't know that there was community colleges, though. Okay, well, I'm glad you found one. I'm <laughs> glad you found one. So, if you were talking to folks who were thinking about going to college, what would you tell them about community colleges?
7: Uh, I would tell them like, okay, if you' planning on going to like a university at some point. Um, Look at community colleges that have that do a great job, have a great transfer program, like community co- like community college does, like Owens does, cause they have a transfer program in place for students who want to transfer after they get their after they get their two years here done, or eventually their associates, or however any long they want to do here. Um, they set you up. Real nice when it when it's time whenever you want to transfer out here and they work with UT uh, Ohio State et cetera et cetera depending on whatever whichever college you want to go to they will help you figure out what credits you would need to transfer over to there.
3: That's a great answer. Hey, thank you so much for talking to me, Malik. A great conversation. No problem. Anytime. So my next guest on the program is Katie Giardello, who is a doctoral student at Western Michigan University in Michigan. Katie, thanks for talking to me.
0: Thanks for having me, Steve.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. So this hashtag and social media campaign caught your eye. What resonated with you about our efforts to end the stigma against community colleges?
0: Sure. Well, first of all, I'm just getting into Twitter and realizing the massive potential that it has Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of connecting like-minded individuals. So I love the idea of the social media campaign. And then the notion of NCC stigma. I'm a social justice and equity-minded person. I've been in higher ed for about 15 years. The last eight of those have been in statewide transfer and articulation policy initiatives that, Mm -hmm. of course, involve community colleges. So um, I... I always say once I got into the state policy arena, my career took a turn. I had been predominantly working at universities, but uh, being able to work more closely with community colleges and better understanding the impact of the Democratic Community College transfer pathway has sort of become my calling in the last decade or so. And with that in mind, um, I chose to step away from a full-time position. I continued to consult in the community college world, but I enrolled full-time in the doc program at Western Michigan where I'm studying and building a dissertation project around curricular articulation between community colleges and universities.
3: That's really important work. And I have a follow-up question for you. So I'm sure you don't have any hard metrics on this, but how would you rate um, our country's understanding, like collective understanding of the transfer pathways that exist from community colleges to four-year schools?
0: Oh, that is a loaded question. I don't have hard metrics. No, no, I I wouldn't expect that you would, but. but. More people are paying attention to this, though, in the research community, and I think that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I think we've already got the attention of policymakers, but sometimes there seems to be a misunderstanding or perhaps just uh, not a recognition of the true complexity of curricular articulation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so some of the policy work that's been done, in my opinion, has been short-sighted. And it hasn't really focused on the curricular aspects that I think will ensure student success, because we do see that there's lagging student success for community college transfer students. And that's that's a big problem, particularly for someone like myself interested in social justice because of the access mission of our colleges.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. Well, I mean, and sounds like a dissertation topic, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knew? Um, so, you know, on the, on the subject of uh, stigma and misconceptions about two-year colleges, do you have an example or an anecdote that you've encountered out in the world of uh, some misconceptions that folks have had?
0: Yes, definitely. I have seen this or heard it in my transfer work in the last decade or so all the time. You hear loaded statements and questions from usually university faculty about concerns with the rigor of community college coursework. And what I have found is this is largely based on misperceptions and what we're discussing today, unfounded stigma. Because when you start to unpack this, there's really no basis for the concern. Empirical studies have validated the uh, success of community college students in coursework that has transferred um, by making matching their outcomes with uh, direct entry students and finding them to be equivalent or better than those students. Um, and when you boil it down to matching learning outcomes, there's really no basis for a differential in rigor at all between instructors, instructional styles, or learning outcomes.
3: Well, that's good to know. I mean, of course, uh, preach into the choir to many of us, but you know, back to the first question, I think that. They're not. It's not just university professors. There is a there is a uh, general perception of lack of rigor in the two year college. Where do you think that comes from?
0: That's true. I think some of it is misperception and misunderstanding. I'll hear a lot. Oh, they have different accreditation standards or different requirements, and that again is simply not true. I think that people misunderstand some of the complex language that's used in accreditation, um, and there's also a misunderstanding of how community colleges have to ascribe not only to regional accreditor standards, but also many times occupational standards that are usually the same, but sometimes can be different than those that bachelor's granting institutions are ascribing to.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think that's ins- insightful. I hadn't thought about that. You know, on the, on the gen ed piece, we're accountable to the same accreditors, but you're right. On a program level, there's some differentiation, and maybe that Maybe maybe that's a source of some of that. That's insightful. So hey, I have another question for you, and that is, and I imagine that the listeners of this podcast are probably disproportionately folks within higher ed. Some of them going through a doctoral program, many of them having completed one. You've dedicated a, a bunch of your life to this uh, enterprise of of getting your doctorate. You could be doing it in just about anything. We'll, What made you decide to focus on community college issues? Because you're going to have to live with this topic for a long time. Why did it uh, speak to you to write about and study community college issues?
0: Sure. Well, as I said earlier, I'm interested in the social justice impact of the community college sector at large. I think we have some pretty serious social problems in the U.S. and abroad, and that only more accessible education certainly intellectual innovations and then local and global collaborations can achieve. And I find that community colleges today are at the epicenter of all of these things, and they deserve a more prominent place in our society and certainly in public opinion
2: yeah
3: I, uh, amen <laughs> so so, uh, but, <laughs> right. so yeah, so can, can you talk a little bit more about that what what it, what does that epicenter look like? What epicenter? Sure. I mean there are twelve hundred of us out there. We're doing this important work. Uh, it seems like your uh your bets on us to be uh, addressing some of these social concerns. How can we do that?
0: Well, I think part of it is what we're already doing, which is providing access to such a large and critical population in the country that hasn't always had the same access. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, we're talking about low-income racial minorities, but also immigrants to the United States and rural Americans. Um, rural For some rural Americans, community colleges are the only post-secondary option that they have in a geographic proximity. And so, in my mind, that means that we're educating the most students in the country and certainly the organizational processes that i've seen sorry about that <laughs> okay uh, embody access innovation and then of course collaboration both with their local communities but also with the larger community
3: you know you're the first that's really insightful and you're the first person to mention rural pockets of the country that may uh, really depend on their community college. Uh, can can you talk to me a little bit more? Uh, you know, your work uh, has spanned looking at a variety of different institutions. What what progressive or helpful role can you see a community college playing in a rural community?
0: Sure. Well, I think a lot of people would see it as a kind of a bridge. There, it, it could be um, it could be kind of a boat if we're going to take a, a maritime analogy where uh, that citizen in that rural location needs some job training so they want to go to the community college get a certificate or an associate degree but it can also be that bridge that takes them to the next step and a lot of community colleges in rural areas are being creative with collaborative efforts so they're doing um, the on-site bachelor's degrees they've got um, three plus one completion transfer agreements um, oftentimes organizing themselves amongst the state so that they can share resources and provide uh, more access through online education or consortial agreements And I think all of those things are going to be helpful to students who, for whatever reason, are place bound and can't move out of their rural area or don't want to um, because they want to stay close by.
3: Yeah, that's smart. And actually, we were talking to some employers this morning. One of the things that um, businesses and um, uh, industry likes about community colleges, our grads tend to stay in the region. After they're, after they're finished with us.
0: That's right. They're embedded in the community. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm. Well, look, um, you probably will be in this situation. You certainly will when you defend your dissertation. But um, if you had a, an assembled group of people to uh, deliver an argument for the value of our institutions, for the value of community colleges, what would that argument be?
0: Sure. Well, as we've discussed throughout the program, I I think that community colleges can be a bridge for everyone, not just uh, the underrepresented populations that we've already talked about, but students from middle income families who can't afford the rising prices of a university who might actually find a better fit in an educational program at a community college by starting there or might decide to pursue that baccalaureate after they've gotten the associate degree. And, of course, this is where I turn into a transfer evangelist uh, because I typically have charts and data on my phone so that I can show graphically how much money uh, students and families that that I know and that we're friends with in our community, how much money they can save by utilizing their local community college smartly, regardless of whether their goal is a career-oriented or transfer-oriented program. Um, I've actually been known to do that at parties, to pull out my phone and say, but look at how much you can save.
3: (laughs) That is fantastic. I'm only silent because I didn't want to interrupt you because that was great. Uh, no, it really, really was. Uh, so so I, I'm, now I'm picturing you at parties pulling out your phone, doing some data presentations on, on our value proposition.
0: Yep, absolutely. I'm a, I'm just a riot at parties.
3: Well, that's great. Well, we, we need to get you a bigger screen because that sounds like it's very, very uh, productive. Well, look, thank you so much for spending some time talking with us. And I appreciate your engagement in the campaign on Twitter. And uh, we will see you out there.
0: That sounds great. Thanks so much for letting me be a part of it.
3: Absolutely, Katie. Thanks. Well, I am really happy to be talking to Hannah Bean, who is a community college student. How are you, Hannah?
8: I'm doing pretty well. What about you?
3: I am great. Right. I am great. And I'm so glad you took some time to talk with me. So what do you like about being a student at a community college?
8: Um, I really like that it is in a local area for me. I uh, live in Rossford, so <laughs> it's a really close commute for me and um, my twin brother actually attends here with me, so I can actually take him to school, and we both do our studying together, and um, I really like the unique aspect of the building where um, it's easier for me to find my classes like it was in high school, and I can go to the classrooms, and I know that the professors are in there, and it's more uh, one-on-one based almost because the class sizes are smaller, so I really like that too.
3: Well, that's great. That's great. Now, before you came to a community college, had you heard anything negative or bad about community colleges?
8: Um, Yeah. Uh, Some students like in my grade in high school would kind of like talk down on it as if it was like, oh, you're of a lower class if you attend community college or, oh, you're not as smart if you attend community college, which Honestly, I've found to be completely different of what they've said. Um, older adults who have gone to college four-year universities or community college have always told me when I tell them what I'm doing with my future, they always tell me, you're picking the smart path, you're choosing the wise path, you're saving lots more money, and they're like, keep it up, you're doing great work. So I'm, I'm proud of my decision and I really like it here.
3: Well, let me add my voice to the people who are telling you that. Because <laughs> I agree, you have made the smart choice and you are doing great stuff. So if there were, if you could go and talk to some of those students who had those uh, misconceptions and they were getting ready to make a choice of going to uh, college, what would you tell them about community colleges?
8: I would say it's a really good transition between high school and college, college in general. Like I know university four-year, university life, I know that that can be overwhelming for a lot of people. And for me personally, I I get anxious sometimes in like bigger unknown environments and I could get lost pretty easily. So I really like community college for that aspect. And I would wanna tell those people like that I went to high school with that it's a really good alternative and that you know they shouldn't knock it till they try it. A lot of people who are going to those four year universities, I feel like, also don't really focus a lot on their studies, as versus to a community college where I'm actually solely focusing on my studies.
3: That's fantastic. Look, Hannah, thank you so much for talking with me.
8: Yeah, of course. Anytime. (laughs) Well,
3: now I am delighted to talk with someone from outside of the community college world, someone who's a a great leader in the community where I get to work. Uh, I'm speaking with Doug Ponsler, who is an economic developer and currently working with a wonderful initiative on visual literacy, but he's the retired Vice President of Environmental Health and Safety for Owens Corning. Doug, thank you for joining me on the program.
1: My pleasure, Steve.
3: You know, it's interesting. Uh, You reached out to me when we started telling positive stories about community colleges, and even though you're not uh, within higher education, this is an issue that matters to you. And I'm really curious to know what is it that resonates with you about the uh, the community college world.
1: Well, Steve, I think there's a couple things that really come to to my mind, and and a lot of that's been based on my experience. in the economic development world, um, and I spent about 12 years um, on the uh, as, as an executive committee member of the Regional Growth Partnership in Northwest Ohio, which is kind of the entry point for um, attraction and retention of, of businesses in our in our community. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also operate the um, uh, in this region for Jobs Ohio, which is a statewide initiative around the same thing: attraction and retention of. Of businesses resulting in job growth and uh, investment in our community. Mm -hmm. And it became apparent, you know, as we think about economic development and growth in our communities and attracting companies and so forth, that workforce is such an important component of that. Right. You know, organizations make decisions on where they're going to locate and where they're going to expand largely based upon their customers and what their customers need and where they're going to be positioned with respect to that. But you know, right along with it is, you know, can the community deliver the workforce that's necessary for them to be able to be successful? Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, and it's that dimension that education plays such an important part. And we all know that the community colleges plays a role inside of the overall educational structure, mm-hmm. you know, that is just absolutely critical.
3: Well I and and it was I was really impressed that that you dialed into this because you know we've worked together on economic development you know here in the Toledo region, but I couldn't agree more about this workforce lens. And it makes me think of something that I'd like to ask you about. So a lot of the stories that we're telling about the impact of community colleges are on the level of the individual. And that's so powerful, you know, one person moving into a family sustaining wage. But what I heard you say is that the health of a community kind of hinges upon a successful two-year college. Can you talk to me about that a little bit?
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, if you think about the health of a community, it really all begins with jobs. It begins with income. It begins with uh, supporting networks where where people can live and work and and be healthy. Um, Some of the work that's gone on in our community, for example, by Prometica, has been focused on, you know, what they refer to and others as the social determinants of well-being. Right. Health being one of those, and and what's interesting about that work is that only 20% of health outcomes are really clinically, you know, sort of oriented. The other 80% are really a function of um, social determinants um, of the community, and Mm -hmm. that begins with education, it begins with jobs, it begins with how safe communities are, the family and social support that exists, and the income level that people have. We know that we're in an environment where, you know, our economy looks different than what it did, you know, 30, 40 years ago. And the needs of that economy are different. And we have an aging workforce and the need to be able to upskill that workforce, to reskill that workforce for what the needs that we have today are all part of that equation that will deliver, you know, a, a really healthy community.
3: Well, you know, listening to you say that, I hear echoes of some things that we talk about in the community college sector. So uh, I'll give you a little quote from uh, Josh Weiner, who's the president of the Aspen Institute. He says that effective community colleges, you know, really do two things, and they do them really well. Uh, one is social mobility, moving individuals into you know, uh, family-sustaining wages. And the other is economic development, making sure that there uh, is a, an attractive workforce for a healthy regional economy. And what, what, what I love about uh, the economic development work you're talking about is there's a real recognition that the associate degree, the certificate-level training that two-year colleges do across the country can really move the needle on that big-picture economic development goal.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think one of the things that I would add to that is it can add to that equation with speed and flexibility. And and that's also so important because, you know, as a company is looking at siting an operation in our community, you know, they're not talking about something they're going to do five years from now. You know, they tend to be talking about something that they're going to do maybe within the year or within the next year. And the ability for the community to be able to respond with speed to what their needs are is, is critically important. Right. And, um, you know, I think community colleges have demonstrated that, that swiftness, that fleetness of foot in many cases where you can develop a program that might be supportive of that particular sector and uh, be able to help them with their workforce
3: needs. Well, I think that's really perceptive because that's one of the things that, you know, the 1,200 or so community colleges in the United States, we pride ourselves on being that smaller wheel that turns faster and is able to develop, develop some customized training, whether it's non-credit or credit. And as you know, here in town, you know, we've developed associate degrees and certificates specific to certain employers, and that's key to, um, to economic growth across the country.
1: Yeah, if you look at, you know, most economic development organizations are are somewhat sector-focused. And Mm -hmm. that is, you know, in a particular region, there's going to be assets within that region that that create more opportunity for some organizations than what they do others. I mean, we like to think in Northwest Ohio and Ohio itself – that we're kind of at the crossroads of of meaningful transportation options, both road and boat and air and everything else. Right,
3: and, yeah, and intermodal. We're
1: also sort of yeah, and we're also sort of central to a large portion of the population in the United States. So you know, being able to think about what that means to particular sectors like list, uh, distribution and logistics or advanced manufacturing or the other sectors that that we interface with. Being able to match programs to those sectors, in our case solar, right. um, you know, can really be helpful in being able to continue to attract companies that are in that sector to a resource base that exists here within Northwest Ohio.
3: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that that's a story you'd see repeated in different regions of the country, you know, all, all over all over the nation. So I have a question for you to kind of put you on the spot about this particular campaign. One of the things we're talking about is there exists in the minds of people, opinion leaders, I think some outdated or inaccurate assumptions about community colleges and I wonder if you've ever encountered this in in your life and if you have an anecdote or a story about what that looks like when somebody has a uh, a prejudice or a preconception about community colleges.
1: Uh that's a that's a really good question and I, I would tell you in in my life I can't um I can't really put my finger on anything that would be like this explicit
3: statement. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: Um, But I can tell you that I think the general sort of thought process around vocation education, community colleges, et cetera, is too often the individuals that that may not either desire or they can't make it in the um, four-year university system, Uh, that's an alternative for them. Right. So it's kind of like, you know, the higher level people are going to go to the, the colleges, those that don't seek that. Um, you know, maybe community colleges and vocational education is, a, is an opportunity for them. And, you know, the more that you think about that in today's environment, it, it is just sad that we would simplistically think of it that way. Um, and I would say specifically to the community colleges, look at all the opportunities there are for kids who seek four-year degrees. Right. To begin their college career in the community college and be able to do it perhaps locally, be able to do it less costly than what they would if they spent four years at, a, at another university. And uh, so the community college opportunity is twofold. I mean, it can be a gateway to further education for a, a lot of individuals. I don't know what the statistics are in terms of how many people go on, um, but it can be a gateway for that, and a very cost-effective gateway mm-hmm. and, uh, in a space that can be very expensive today. Or it can be a, a point of learning a skill or a capability or a profession you know that um, uh, that becomes their vocation the rest of their lives. So a lot of flexibility there.
3: Well, I I appreciate that, and you know what when when I think about someone like yourself who you know is a thought leader in our community and and nationally with the work you're doing on visual literacy. Um, what people say about us matters. And so I, I love it that you were willing to have this conversation. And, uh, you know, thanks for that work and that, uh, you know, helping us tell our story. So I really appreciate you uh, spending some time talking with me, Doug.
1: Well, I, I admire the initiative. Uh, I think, you know, the um, end college, um, uh, community college stigma takes the issue right on. And, and it kind of stares you in the face, <laughs> and uh, and I think that is exactly what's needed, you know. And and you know, sort of change processes, you know, whatever we're talking about from a change perspective, we have to face reality, and then we have to cause it to be different. And uh, and I think this is one example of that. And I I admire you and the others that are involved in in doing that.
3: Well, thanks a lot, and I appreciate your time.
1: Happy to do it.
3: All right, thanks a lot, Doug. Well, I'm fortunate enough to be talking to Saray Peterson, who is studying engineering. Uh, You're a community college student. Thanks for talking to me.
2: (laughs) Thank you for having me.
3: So what do you like about being a student at a community college?
2: It's a great opportunity for me to experience new things that I haven't, like clubs. I've never been in a club before. I'm currently in student government and Black Student Union, and the hands-on sign language. So that that's amazing. That's a lot. So yeah. you're in
3: three clubs. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what, is, what does that do for you as a student? What, how does it help to be in those clubs?
2: It helps me build relationships with other students. Mm-hmm. I've met a lot of amazing people, um, and then you see them a lot on campus. So meeting people, making friends, networking, and then building a resume for when I want to transfer, that, that's, it's great.
3: It is great. And I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but a lot of the national research says that that kind of engagement is the number one thing that makes students successful. So you're doing the right thing.
2: Thank you.
3: Yeah. So have you heard anybody say anything negative or bad about community colleges?
2: A lot. I think it's mainly because a lot of students don't understand. They think that community college is a place where people go because they didn't do good in high school and um, it's cheaper, but community college gives you a fresh start. It helps you build yourself into the person that you want to become. In order to become the person that you want to be, like it's 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 great.
3: It is, and that's an inspirational statement to me, what you just said, because isn't that what we all want to do?
2: Yeah. It's what we all want to do,
3: is is be the person that we want to be. It's very simple, right? So if you had a group of uh, students, prospective students, who were thinking about either coming to a community college or going somewhere else, what would you tell them about community college?
2: I would explain that community college is cheaper. Um, It gives you an opportunity to get involved on campus, to meet your professors and have a relationship with your professors um to meet new students have study groups that's my favorite part uh i know a lot of students just because of the fact that it's so small everyone knows each other um it's really friendly and it's it's a place that it feels like home it feels like home
3: i love that this has been a great conversation thank you so much for talking to me yeah thank you great Well, that's it for Episode 2 of the Hashtag End CC Stigma Podcast Project. I hope you've enjoyed hearing the voices of our many allies who are working to end the stigma against community colleges through social media. If you missed Episode 1, it can be easily found on our landing page at endccstigma.org. That's stigma dot org. Stay tuned for future episodes as we are producing two more segments with the same format throughout Community College Month. This podcast is produced, recorded, and engineered by Steve Robinson, president of Owens Community College in Ohio. My Twitter handle is at OCC President. The theme music is Make Your Dream Reality by Scott Holmes of scottholmesmusic.com and is licensed through Creative Commons. Until next time, please push back against inaccurate and unfair characterizations of community colleges and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. Use the hashtag NCCStigma as we focus our efforts and attempt to change the conversation. Thanks for listening.